Hey there, folks. This is Tav and Alan, host of Comedy Above the Pub. This is Cat to you and me. The pub is fake. The guests are real virtual, but real. First of all, I have uh, with me our producer, Darcy Finder. How are you, sir? Oh, Todd, I'm great. Uh, I'm loving the hat. What is that? That is a what cat rescue? What is that? A Toronto cat rescue. Toronto cat rescue. Beautiful. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I uh, still donate even though I don't live there to the Annex cat rescue because they, uh, they were in the Annex and they did that. We have with us in virtual studio, direct from Port Colburn. <laughs> Which is lovely, despite what is said by everyone on this podcast. Uh, world traveler. <laughs> we have voice actor, stage actor, television act, just actor, I guess we can say, uh, five time guest on this show, Tracy goddamn Hoyt. How are you? I'm so happy to be back. Um, I can't thank, I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, we get you just near the end of your run of your play that you're doing, Dandelion Smoothie. What is the name of it? What no, is it called? It's called Meet My Sister. Meet My <laughs> Sister. <laughs> That's it. Um, Meet My Sister by Bonnie Green. If you have access to 1.71 gigawatts of electronic power, you are able to see this play. Although you might get a remount. Who knows? <laughs> you might get a remount. Um, Tracy, what do you have coming up in the next little while that we can look forward to? I'm going to be teaching some wonderful theater students in uh, Cornerbrook, Newfoundland awesome. on the Zoom for two months. I'm teaching two half courses, voiceover master classes to the third and fourth year theater students. I did this two years ago as well, and I'm very excited to work with them again. I'm going to be doing a very exciting project for Actor Toronto. I'm going to be writing and directing a project promoting actors, voice actors over 55. Uh, I'm very proud of that. And uh, that's what I've got coming up. Probably, uh, I, I've got probably some auditions coming up, which nice. I'm looking forward to. And that's it for now. Awesome. Thank you. time with my dog. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for taking some time. What do we talk about on this? We talk about uh, our mutual love of Carol Burnett. Yes. Yes. Um, we talk about Broadway, theater yes. audience mm-hmm. etiquette. Um, about the, superstition in theater. Yes. All the different countries we've been to. Oh yeah, um, dream places we want to go. Yep, yeah. uh, cotton tops. They'll cotton have to tops. figure out what that is. And uh, coconut milk dilly bars. Is there? <laughs> we answer this question. Um, Tracy, get out of here. You got to go eat some fake ice cream. Okay, so okay. yes. And I just want to say that would be a great character name for me, Dilly. Dilly. Come on, dilly. What's your name, Dilly? I. Yeah, that is not far off of, uh, was it decoys? Yes, that was Barb. Her name is Barb. Barb. Because she, I I often get Barb and uh, the one from the tournament. What was her name? Oh, Aurora Farkas. Aurora Farkas. It's it's like, it's halfway in between those two. You got Aurora, Dilly, uh, and then Barb. Yeah, Dilly's my favorite name now. Yeah. I like, Dilly's a great name for a dog. Come on, Dilly. Dilly. Come on home, Dilly. Dilly. Um, all right. Get out of here. Tracy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's Tracy. Oh here's Darcy. Great to see you both. Likewise, you. Here's the music that starts the whole damn thing. How are you, world traveler? Are you? Are yeah, you where are you? Yes. You're in the big room. By where the in the world is Tracy? Backdrop ever. Um, I'm in the dining room of a beautiful place I'm staying in here in Port Colborne, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm. I have two more shows left. I literally just came off stage an hour ago. Wow. We're here, we're here for the last two weeks of an eight week uh, contract. Uh-huh. We were in Port Dover for six weeks. This is through the Lighthouse Festival Theater, right. and now we're ending the run in Port Colborne. And so we have. Two shows left, one tomorrow, one Sunday. There's lots of traffic going by, so you're going to hear some <laughs> rimming. Um, but I just thought this is the perfect backdrop. I, I just feel so continental. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm in small town Ontario, but this makes me feel very urban and worldly. And right, so right. So, we'll get yeah. we'll get to Port Colborne in a second. Okay. But what I would like you to do is, and let's let's just do a, a trivia question. Uh, how many of the continents that are behind you have you been on? Have you actually stepped foot on? Um, you will find out very quickly how little I know about geography. <laughs> um, I have, I'll tell you where I've been. Okay. I've been, I've been in many Canadian and American places. Right okay. This continent. Right. Point, can you do been, it in the form of a song where you right. name check the cities? Yes. <laughs> Point point uh, on the map where Port Colburn hurt you. Oh God! 
Don't tell me to find anything on a map. My, one of my co-stars is using World, Worldle. Every day, not Worldle, yes. but Worldle. Yes. She knows from countries I do not. Oh. So I, I have only been to Scotland, England, France, Switzerland, Barbados. Right. And all over North America. Okay. That's it for me. That's um, it. So pretty limited, but that's lots cool. of traveling within North America. That's cool. <laughs> um, so uh, so I, I am with your friend on Worldle. Yes. I will do that. And... Um, I am okay. So two days ago it was Italy, and I'm like, fuck. Okay, that's cool. That's easy. Yeah, right? I would. I would probably be able to identify that. And then t- t- today I did a hail mary because as soon as as like I'll, I'll see the outline and I'll go. For those of you who don't know, Worldle is a it's a uh, like a Wordle except it's a map. It's a it's a map of a country, and all they give you is the block, no context whatsoever. It's just a black just sil- a silhouette silhouette of the country. And you have six guesses to do it. And they list all the countries. So you can actually kind of play. So if you see like a cluster of islands, you'll type in islands and go, maybe it's the Cook Islands. It's never the Cook Islands. So (laughs) today, this is the thing. Like I'm always like, oh, I hope it's in Europe. And then you can see it gives you the distance and the direction of how off you are. Okay. And when I I get to this one point where I'm like, I bet you this piece of shit's in Africa. And for sure it is. And my... My African geography is zilch, and I feel horrible about it because I know nothing. Like I know, I know, I know Kenya's in the west. I know Ethiopia's in the east. South you Africa probably shouldn't be calling them pieces of shit countries. That's more than I know. There. That's more than I know. Yes, so. I know. Like I just, I, uh, I, it's a failing on my part, and I like, and it's one of the continents I have not done, and I would love to go. I would love to go to to Africa. So, full confession: the only way I have a sense of geography is um, because when I moved to Toronto in grade twelve, my dad taught me how to use the TTC. Yes, and he basically said, "East is Nova Scotia, West is Alberta." Right. So I, 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 I to this day, uh-huh. I think of the TTC subway map is yes. the map of Canada. That's how I was once a witness in traffic court. I was actually standing there going, "Okay." I said, which direction, which corner were you standing on at Avenue Davenport? I said, just a minute, just a minute, hold on. And I had to go do my map. Yep. Like that's so I am I don't have that spatial awareness of geography the way that my friend Deb Drakeford in the play I'm doing right. right now. She has she has an incredibly mathematical mind, but she there's something about the shapes of the countries and mm-hmm. she 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 makes assumptions based on placement of things and shape. Right. I don't know. I, I would never no. I, I don't even dare try. No. So. Uh, here's a here's a pro tip for you. If you ever uh, if if Me. you if you forget which province it is, uh, what corner are you on? The corner of Alberta and Nunavut. That's where I was. <laughs> um, so if you look at the compass and you go clockwise, right? Yeah. Never eat shredded wheat. Say that again. Never eat shredded wheat. Okay, I think I learned that at one point. But N E S W. Yeah. Wow. N E S W. How many, uh, <laughs> how many, what countries have you done, Darcy? I like, I like you to Bar- uh, Barbados, you said? Barbados from, for my honeymoon. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. We really want to go back at some point. Yeah. I am going to Italy next summer. My stepson is getting married in Italy, in Tuscany next, next May. So I will oh, finally get to Italy. I've wanted to go there for a very oh. long time. We're, so, uh, what, let me know when you're going. I know because you always have great suggestions. Well, I know. Well, we're going this year. We're going. We're going in the fall, and then uh, we're going. We'll definitely be going again next year because their family has a house over there, so that's our base camp. And like, love to hang out with you over there, especially. You gave, you gave me Newfoundland suggestions. Yes. You know, yeah, three years ago. Yeah. Darcy, back to Darcy. Yes. Darcy, where have you been? Where have you been here? Yes. Let's let's hear your country uh, count. Bermuda. Okay. Bermuda. Mm-hmm. I've been. To the United States. Yes. Um, Hawaii mm-hmm. is not separate, but uh, it seems like it's a separate country. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, France, Germany, Switzerland mm-hmm. on a day trip from France or just a beautiful like a bus. Yes. So still technically counts. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And that's it. Okay. Oh, boy. Let's see. Okay. Um <laughs> So, uh, are we considering Newfoundland a country? We're not. Okay. Um, Quebec, gets this, Sarah, though, Quebec I, would get country status before. Yes. Does. <laughs> um, who was that character from uh, Twenty Two Minutes? Who wanted? Who wanted to make? Uh, who wanted to separate uh, uh, Newfoundland? 
Oh. Who was it? It's like, if you can mark an X, then you're my kind of person. Like, who is that guy? I can't remember the guy's name, but like, yeah, it was, it was like the, it was like the Newfoundland separation party. It was, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, I missed that one. Definitely easier to do than Quebec because of all the song. Anyway, uh, United States, for sure. Um, Bahamas, when I was four with my parents. Uh, uh, I remember, I remember starfish being in the pool. Wow. And there was, and it was a huge pool. It was this huge round one. And it made me feel like I could swim, but I was, I felt very scared, you know, when I was, when I was swimming around in it because it was, uh, very deep, you know, but like, I, and I, that's when I told myself, you know, it's exactly the same as the shallow end is just, you can't put your feet down. That's it. Uh, and there were starfish clinging to the side of the pool? Yes. I think they had found their way in there or someone had dropped them in or maybe they were fake. I don't know. I just remember that. I remember fire eaters because who doesn't re- forget fire eaters when you're a kid? Um, are they bugs that are no, 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 like like guys that walking around eating fire? Oh, okay, yes. literally fire eaters. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes. some kind of like red ant or no, 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 that would be Australia. <laughs> yes, okay. uh, Australia, I've done. Mm. Um, let's get the vacation ones out of the way Dominican Republic and Mexico, um, and Costa Rica and Costa Rica and Nicaragua. Ooh, and that was that was my day trip. You got to go into Nicaragua, and that was fun. Um, UK, uh, France, Italy, uh, Portugal, Spain, uh, um, um, uh, um, Belgium. He's just showing off now. Netherlands. I think it'd be a shorter list if he just yeah named where he hasn't right. been. <laughs> exactly. Many, many. And I just and I've been to Cuba. I just remember somewhere else. Cuba, else. that's another one. Um, <laughs> and then I think rounding it out, Japan and three hours in Singapore. Wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I knew you traveled a lot. That's impressive. It's yeah. uh, and some like, um, thankfully my my wife adores traveling, and so do I. Like I just adore it. And this is the beautiful thing. Now, um, it used to be that. Um, she did not care for me trying to grab sets when I was on vacation. <laughs> like, sets? like, yeah, doing comedy sets, like doing a stand up oh. show. Like, we, we walk them by a place and they go, Hey, they got a show going on. She's like, Keep walking. We're on vacation. And uh, then I we started. Heard that yeah. Whole other way. Uh huh. I think I both heard that. Yeah. In a different yeah. Way. Yes. 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 Holi- yeah. Grabbing holiday sets. But then we remembered who we're talking to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there's. Oh, there's no whoopee. There's none. There's nothing <laughs> like that. Um, you went to, you went to, did you mention China, Todd? Hong Kong. Hong Kong. What? Hong Kong. Wow. Hong Kong. And, cool. well, wait a second. Where is, um, what's the gambling place that they have? Um, Macau. Is that part of mainland China or is that separate? How would I know this? I don't know. <laughs> I was throwing, I was throwing it to the, you're the one with the map. Look over well, your shoulder. So <laughs> I know, you think I would the know. thing is, it's not a real. Can't even look over your shoulder because it's not really there. Yeah, it is there. It's it on is. the wall. Oh, is okay. really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a fake right. wallpaper. It's real. It's yes. like oh, well, then come on, give yeah. us some information. Where is Macau? <laughs> just temples. A, temples. Just just a damn minute. <laughs> Let me take a look. Okay. I have to ask each of you, though. I have to ask. Um, Next dream place you must go. Oh, like Darcy, like what, where would you like for me, it's New Zealand. Cause I have a very dear friend in New Zealand and I haven't seen her for about 15 years. And I've talked to so many older couples who've traveled a lot. And every couple I've asked who've, who've been world travelers. And I said, if there's only one place you go where you'd recommend I go, where would it be? And they've all said New Zealand. Right. And so that's, it's been in Italy and New Zealand are my top two, Yes, but I have to go back to Newfoundland as well. And right. Very eager to go back there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Darcy, where would yours be? Like number one dream place to go. Dream place. I mean, like for me, just the practicality. I just want to go back to Hawaii mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there. But uh, a place a little further away that I've always wanted to go would be Australia. Yes. Mm. Hmm. Nice. I have a friend there now. For yeah. a new friend um, who I met through a podcast. So I, it's also oh, on my list. Australia. Uh, did Did either of you see Love on the Spectrum? On Netflix, no, is that Australia, good? beautiful okay. show about dating. Um, 
young adults on the spectrum navigating dating for the first time. And one of the most popular guys on this two seasons of the show uh, that was shot in Australia, Michael Theo, he now has his own podcast. He's got a sitcom in development. Right. He, is, he just did a TED talk in Sydney, but he's from um, Wollongong, from okay. New South Wales. Just the sweetest, funniest, dearest guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to follow him on Instagram. You got to listen to it. It's called Mr. A Plus, the Mr. A Plus podcast. Okay. So, yeah, okay. I was a fan of this podcast and I reached out and mentioned I was a voice actor. And then he wanted to interview me. So I got to be interviewed by him, which was a hoot. And he was improvising and I took him through some vocal warm ups. And he was game for anything. He's studying acting in Sydney this summer, actually. Nice. Because he's pre- prepping for this uh, sitcom. I'm totally name dropping, but he's my favorite. I have to go visit him. He, now it's on my list to go to Australia. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to New Zealand, I might as well go to both. But yeah, yeah. Knows when or where, but I'm going to go. I'm right. going to go. Um, New Zealand, uh, I've heard nothing but great things when we were, when we were in Australia, we were staying with friends of ours and that the entire family just kind of took off for a week. It's like, you caught us at this time. So you're going to have the house to yourself. Uh, and they took off for New Zealand and Mm. it was amazing. My friend was in the Lord of the Rings. He was one of the orcs. Um, uh, and he, he tells this fantastic story. Like he would send me messages and go, I'm on set right now. And they're placing everything because he didn't know how much CGI was going to be done. He knew there was a lot, but he didn't know how much. So the base stuff they were doing just looks shitty. And he's a photographer as well. He's like, this is going to be garbage. Like, I don't know what they're doing. This is horrible. And then like six months later, he sent me a message going, saw the first screening. Forget I said anything. Forget. <laughs> I said it's going to be just fine. And it's it's okay. It's fine. Um uh I yeah, I'm with you. I would love to do New Zealand. I haven't done that. And while you see here's the thing, I kind of want to bundle them cuz yeah. there's cuz there's the yeah. whole thing. Um the I only got 24 hours in Japan in in Tokyo, so I'd really like more Japan. I would like way more. I have had no Thailand. I would like to do Thailand mm. and New Zealand, of course. Um, if you go to Australia, Melbourne and Sydney are gorgeous. Melbourne is, uh, I described it this way to people there. It's like, like, do you like, they ask me, it's like, do you like it here? I go, yeah, this is like if Toronto and Montreal had a kid and it got all the good genes. Like it's, <laughs> it's by the water. It's got great transit. It's uh, the, the people are great. Um, my show was in a venue that was on ACDC Lane. Wow. It was perfect. That's pretty cool. Perfect. Melbourne. Sounds sounds like Melbourne. a treat. Sounds Melbourne. really good. Um yeah, I would go, I would go, I would go anytime. And the, you know what? Um uh, do, does anyone have any uh, well, uh, obviously Africa. Like I think I think I'd like to try Kenya. Um or Egypt. You know, Egypt and Monaco seem like the easy ones. Right, right? Mm. Like like because they're so close to Europe and they're easy to get to um, uh, you know, you got, you just gotta like tan jeans. That's it. You know, just, you know, you gotta, you got dried apricots in your, in your lunch. Okay. That's fine. Uh, oh, tagine. Tagines. Yeah. Cooking. Yeah. Okay. Not, not tan jeans. Tan jeans. I thought you meant you, yeah, pants that were tan color. I'm so Damn. literal. I'm so literal after doing a show. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm still coming down from my show. I'm still wearing my makeup. How? So a little bit, how uh, so how how do you find doing matinees and and like what is what is this schedule like for you? Doing this week this? is actually our lightest schedule of the whole run. Okay. We only have six shows this week, but we had a two show day yesterday, and that's it's it's a very uh, I think it's about eighty five pages. But the first the first forty pages is just Deb Drakeford and I, the two okay. sisters, mm-hmm. and it's it's like a marathon. <laughs> it right. really is. She confessed to me earlier today that. There's this one point about halfway through where she's off stage for maybe 30 seconds. And and she said she had this moment yesterday on her second show where it's like, oh boy, we still got a long way to go. <laughs> it's just, it is, I mean, this is what I love about theater. I haven't done a play since the last time I was on your podcast when Herbie Barnes and I were talking right. about Cosmos and Indians. That's the last time I was on stage doing scripted content. Yes. So, Two show days, I forgot how much that takes out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this show, it's a comedy, but there's a, it's a lot of heart. It's really, it's full of physical comedy. So lots of stunts, lots mm-hmm. of physicality, uh, huge emotions. I'm playing a really innocent, naive, takes everything literally kind of person, which is very close to home, actually. Um, <laughs> didn't realize how close to home. But yeah, both, we were, we're all, we were all pretty tired after our two show day yesterday. Um, we had, uh, 
Yeah, so it's mostly eight-hour, eight-show weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a pretty easy week in comparison. So we're in the home stretch now. We have one tomorrow night and one uh, Sunday afternoon, and then we're finished. So it's wild because it's it's been a two-month contract, but it's the first time I've been away from home this long Mm -hmm. in many, many years. I've never been away this long for my husband, and we've been together 16 years. (laughs) I haven't been away from my dog. Todd, like my dog Russell, like, your husband. I get wasn't the dog. that. Good, yeah. Like didn't really see that. Wasn't thinking that through. Right. But they, they did come to visit. I had mostly weekly visits from them, which was great. But yeah, I I forgot how truly in the moment theater is, and we we have a much older audience mm-hmm. uh, in these two towns, and we've had a lot of cell phones going off. Some shows up to ten cell phones going off. And one of, there's a gag that I have that involves a cell phone going off where I don't realize it's my phone going off. So that's become a bit of a thing in the show where I'm just staring at the audience. Like, is it you? Is it your phone now? Right. Oh, it's my phone. Right. Like, so, but um, I was, no, I was hoping you would audience, do like a, I was hoping you would do like a Patty Lapone blow up. <laughs> never, never, never. But I, but I, yeah, it, it was tempting a few times because honestly, I think a lot of people just truly have never turned off their phones or they've nope. never been taught how to turn it off. But there was a show this week where, where the front of house guy actually said at the top of that too, if you need me to help you turn it off, please raise your hand. Right. Just out of respect for the actors, please let me help you. And then uh, we heard a woman say, it's off now. I'm sorry. It's off. <laughs> <laughs> but yesterday we had someone answer their phone and start talking. Wow. So, you know, you forget about this. Yeah. You forget about this with theater. Anything can happen. Yeah. We, we had a patron who had a medical emergency two days ago after we had two days off. So that we had to stop the show about three quarters through, which was surreal to not be able to finish the play. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit of a wonky start to the week, but now we're back in the groove. Right. It's surreal that we only have two left because it's it's a really fun show to do. And this is the run done. Like this is it. Like you're. Yeah, this okay. is it. This is it. Wait, so, let me go back to the the, the medical emergency. Yeah, you, you just abandoned the show and never got finished. Yeah. Like so so this is it's true. I mean, I've, it's only happened to me once before, and it was interesting. It was the show with Herbie four and a half years yeah. ago at the Tarragon. A woman fainted in the audience, and this happens. Um, and I had never had that happen in my 35 years of being an actor. I'd never had that experience of, of an audience member. I've, as an audience member, I've had it happen where someone's fainted or had to leave. But as, as an actor on stage, I'd never had that happen. And, you know, we never discussed it with stage management. So I just remember Herbie just got very still and he stopped talking because he obviously heard or saw something that I didn't see. He caught right. it first. And it was a very tiny space. It was a Tarragon extra space, about 90 seats. And so he just got really quiet and still. And so I just got really quiet and still. And then our stage manager asked the actors to leave the stage, which mm-hmm. we did. And then front of house took care of it. And then there was a, a slight delay. And then we started the show again. We just kind of backed up a few beats and we started the right. show again. But this time it was unfortunately because thankfully, I think this person is okay, but the person fainted and then they were, they were apparently vomiting, which obviously could have been a serious heart issue. Right. And it was also a health and safety issue for other patrons. And this person couldn't safely leave the theater on their own. And so front of house made the decision, had to make that hard decision of, well, we want to maintain dignity for this patron. So they had to release the audience until the paramedics came. And it took about 20 minutes for the paramedics to come uh, because we live in Ontario and the healthcare system is having some issues. So So we were, we, you know, people, what was adorable was, you know, we were released. We were asked to get out of our costumes and and leave. And we had a show last night. And when we came out in the parking lot, people were saying, can you just tell us what happened? Exactly what I was all the clues were starting to come into place, all the things, all the threads that have been planted, all the little Mm -hmm. Easter eggs, everything was starting to 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 make sense. And so of course people were saying, Oh, what happened? And so that that was the hardest part, is is kind of that creative loss for the audience that they were really curious to know what happened. So yeah, it was surreal. It was it's a very strange feeling because I only had two scenes to go. And I had just exited the scene and had about a four-page break before my next entrance. And so I was just back there getting prepped. Right. And then I, 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 it's a part of the show that's really exciting because this big reveal happens uh, right after I leave with the two other actors. And I heard all this commotion in the audience. And it's often the audience saying, it's a cop, cop, he's a cop, he's a cop, he's always oh, a cop. He's an undercover cop, right? There's repeating what's happening. And that's what I thought was happening. But it was someone saying, stop, stop, stop. Oh. To stop the show. And of course, you, you know, when you're on stage, you know this as a 
as a comment, like you're so in the moment that yes. your brain just starts justifying what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I just, from backstage thought, Oh my gosh, they're really loving this reveal. They're loving this big surprise. <laughs> then, then that goes to, Oh God, what's happened? Is everything okay? And it's just a humbling reminder of right. the theater is all of us. We can't do it without the audience. And yeah. if someone in the audience is struggling, we have to take care of that person. And that's what happened. But it was really, I mean, Considering I've been doing this so long, it was it was wild that this hasn't happened before. But yeah, I am, I am sure not being able to complete that story. Yeah, I am. I'm sure that has happened. Like because we love doing it, it's just so much fun to do it. So. Yeah, I am sure like that has happened for years. Like in the past, like even like some guy cornering Ibsen in a pub. Was like I had to leave the show. Did you? Oh, you used the gun in Act Three. I see. Okay, <laughs> now it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Most actors have stories like there's there's so many great stories about just surreal things that happen on stage. Like today, today, I I literally have a line where I say um, my sister insults me and I and I'm offended. And I say the line is this is Bonnie Green's play me, my sister. And I say, I need a dandelion smoothie to stimulate my bile flow. Excuse me. And, I, and then it gets like I'm having trouble breathing. And I literally was having trouble breathing. I thought I was going to pass out as I was exiting. It's like, what is happening? And I think it's because I didn't get enough sleep last night. Maybe I had too many lozenges before act two and maybe I had too much sugar and I was a little bit, but I thought, no, I'm just acting and my body really thinks I'm having a hard time breathing. And that happens when you're acting sometimes where if you, if your, your body believes it's true. <laughs> so yes. I thought that wouldn't be good if I passed out on the, during the exit, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> this is exactly where we had to stop the show the other day. It's oh. like, no, not the same moment. <laughs> anyway, Does, it was wild. So it was wild. if it's stopping at the exact same spot every night, I'm, I, I think so. I think someone's messing with you. I think there's well, a stage manager yeah. who is like, watch this. And then just something happens, right? Because honestly, I went backstage and I thought, wouldn't that be weird if the exact same moment where the same reveal was happening? Because I had just left. And what if it happens again? Like I thought, what a cool premise for a series or a horror movie. The same point of the play, something always happens. Yeah. Someone's got, someone's pulling the strings. Yeah. And, and this is like, shows them, who's doing it? Who's doing it? <laughs> but, yeah, I had that thought. And then I had get back in character, get back into, you know. <laughs> Hello, my name's Tony, and I'm the host of God Chat with God and Tony. On this podcast, I chat to God, the creator of the universe. Each episode, God and I discuss important matters. In God Broth, God shares some of his cooking tips. We also find out what's in God's will when he finally dies, in God's will. You also get a chance to ask the Lord a question in AGA, or ask God anything. If I'm being honest... It's not very good, but it may make you smile. Oh, it's not that bad, Tony. Shut up, God. I'm talking now. It's my podcast. All right, Tony. Don't get your knickers in a twist. Anyway, if you're in the market for an awful podcast with me talking to God for 20 minutes each episode, then Google God Chat with God and Tony. Thanks, then. Uh, well, I'll, I'll get back to the to, to, to the audience in a moment. Are you a, are you a uh, the Scottish play person? Are you a are you superstitious uh, about that? A little bit. I mean... Because I early in my career, I worked with really established older performers. So mm-hmm. I worked with some very superstitious and I, I fully respect, you know, mm-hmm. you don't mess with superstitions. I mean, I accidentally once whistled in a dressing room and the actress I worked with was like, get up, get up, because it's bad luck. And she made me turn around three times and come back in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Explain to me what was this Scottish play? What is what is all this? Scottish play, the I don't know why, but apparently if you say the name of the Scottish play, the Shakespeare Scottish play, which starts with M, small Rhymes C, with Hackbeth. Don't say it out loud. If you, <laughs> if you say that in a theater, around a theater, it's supposed to be very bad luck because maybe one time oh, yeah. at some point in history, something awful happened when someone said the name of that play. Um, same with break a leg. I don't know where it comes from, but you're not supposed to say good luck. You're supposed to say break a leg because someone did. Do you know the story, Todd? I, I, I know, I know the meaning behind it. Like break a leg is not actually breaking a leg. It's actually, yeah. um, when you take a bow, you are bending your back leg so that your first leg stays forward and straight. So that's, <laughs> it's the breaking of the leg. That's what they mean by that. It's like, hopefully you get an ovation so that you are doing this. So that you never heard that in my life. Yes. I never heard that in my life. But here's – so I have a proof positive Scottish play thing that okay. happened, right? And actually, as I think of it, I have two. One when I was working at the Thousand Islands Playhouse and one when I was watching a play. 
Yes. What were you doing at the Thousand Islands Playhouse? I worked there for two seasons. You um, did? Yes. That's how I met I Andrew Moody. My, little, my sister lives right around the corner from there, my baby sister. Oh, shut up. Yeah, she does. Actually, we talked about this. Anyway, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, okay. were you, what was your job? What did I, you do? I was, I was working the box office. Very, yeah. very uh, uh, important. Um, yeah. I did get to play a bit role. I had two lines in uh, Twelfth Night. Cool. Right. Which character? Um, I had this guy. So please, my lord, I might not be admitted, but from her handmaid do come this message or something like that. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, and then I got to run away. Yeah. Um, but uh, my friend uh, Ailey was the um, stage manager, uh, assistant stage manager at, at the time. And she came down to give me the, um, uh, the call for curtain. Uh, yeah. And it was for Seven Stories, one of my favorite plays of all time. Oh, Seven Morris Panish. Yes, great Morris Panish. Great, yes. great, 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 great play. And uh, it was one of those plays that when I was doing nothing, I would close the box office and I would go up and watch the show. Like I just I, – I watched it like eight times. It was such a, a great perfectly show. written play. It's perfect. Sweet, and the characters yes. are fantastic. Right. Yeah. And uh, so didn't I as uh, – because I knew Ailey hated – when people broke superstitions and stuff like that. So mm. I was fucking around one day and I just went, Hey, Macbeth. And she goes, Oh, no, 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 no. And it's like, come on, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We're not even in the dressing rooms. It's fine. It's fine. And, um, I decided to go up and watch the play that night. And just before, um, she, uh, bef just before the end of act one, there's a moment where she has to open the thing and put the, the stanchion there of the guy. On the ledge, I think one of the stage directions is there's a cutout of the guy to transition from, so the guy never leaves the edge. And so right. she thought blackout had happened. She opened up the window, oh, is no. staring at the crowd in her black sweatshirt and headset, and then closed the window. Oh, no. <laughs> now, now she broke the fourth wall. So to be to be fair, of any play that you could do that in, it worked. Yeah, it was true. perfect. And, did she ever talk to you again? Oh, she immediately came and gave me shit. It was fine. Um, <laughs> but the next time, the next time this happened, we were we were in Tarragon, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Tarragon Theater. We were watching Counter Service by Michelle Tremblay. Okay. Okay. And uh, I literally, it was like one of these things. I was like, hey, do you remember when, you know, you opened the door because I said Macbeth in the theater? Goes, oh, you just did it. It's like it's nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna happen. Halfway through the show, piece of oh. scenery drops to the floor. I'm like, you gotta be kidding! <laughs> yeah. A piece of scenery fell off and hit the floor. Thank gosh! Yeah. Don't no, mess with that. No one was hurt. It was fine. But I always thought the story about break a leg was that someone said good luck and then someone literally broke their leg. That's that's because that's oh, I take it just a second. Value, but that's so, what my grade nine theater arts brain remembers. Okay. So. Well, this is I don't know. This is a regular segment, Tracy. It's called Todd looks up things on the internet. Um, right. I have so I have word on Macau. Mm -hmm. Macau officially is the it's called Macau Special Administrative Region of the People's Republic of China. Oh, so okay. I, I you're talking about another way of saying the Scottish plan. Yes, no, 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 no. Okay, so <laughs> break a leg. Meaning. Here we go. Break a leg meaning. Um, How did you look that up so fast? We're just talking. How did you... uh, it means good luck. An ironic, non-literal saying or uncertain, a dead metaphor. Break a leg is commonly said to actors. Um, superstition. The urbane Irish nationalist Robert Wilson Lind published an article in defense of superstition in October 1st, 1921. Uh, regarding the theater, the second most superstitious institution uh, in England after horse racing. <laughs> um, Lind asserted to wish a man luck is considered unlucky. So you say you should say something insulting such as may you break your leg. Thus, the expression could uh, reflect a now forgotten superstition. Oh, mm -hmm. here's a theatrical origin. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Here we go. Um, the term break a leg may refer to a performer bowing or curtsying. So I was right there. Oh, we're too clever. Yes. Um, the performer breaking the leg line at the edge of the stage, just beyond the vantage point of the audience, forms a line, imaginary or actually marked, that can be referred to as the leg line, named uh, after a type of concealing curtain. So hmm. it could be could be that. Um, the earliest here's the earliest publishes uh, published example in writing specifically within theatrical context comes from Edna Ferber's 1939 autobiography. 
Um, and she, in it, she writes about the fascination in the theater of all understudies sitting in the back row, politely wishing the various principals could break a leg. <laughs> hmm. So before a performance, actors never wish each other good luck, but they say, I hope you break a leg. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I hope I get your job. I hope I get your yeah. job. Um, so <laughs> exactly. So speaking of screwed up shit that happens in, in, in theater, since you, you just had some, I have another senior based theatrical, uh, theatrical moment. Yes. Okay. It was when I was working again, box office, but I was working at Canadian stage. Bluma Appel theater. Yes. Matinee. Wednesday matinee, seniors and students. Two groups of patrons that actively hate each other. <laughs> okay. And Wednesday is always a little more populated than the Saturday ones because uh, it's an earlier matinee. It's like 1.30, I think. So, it, you know, the, the, the oldies can get in there and out of there quickly and the kids can have over there. Or the cotton tops. Yes, really the like cotton tops. Cotton, 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 cotton tops. Top is, so, cotton ah. tops. <laughs> you haven't heard that before? I've never, but I'm going to use it now. Cotton tops. Oh my god! That's what I learned at Tarragon. Oh. That's a cotton top matinee. <laughs> was that was that before? Or after they were busy, uh, you know, replacing all of the uh, the scenery that had dropped because of me. Um, <laughs> so um, it was the play was six degrees of separation. Yes. Okay. I think I saw and that. so, as you know, it's a very modern play. One of one of Albie's greatest. Albie is it? I think Edward Albie, who wrote that. Just a moment. This is Tav and Alan looks <laughs> up things on the in- internet. Six. Why do I think that was the one? It's, it's not. It's not an American play. It's not a. I thought it was. Uh, you know what? It's written by. Sorry, John Guar. Yeah. Or G U A R E Guare. I don't know yeah. why I thought. I, I don't think it was. Al- I don't know why I was thinking. It was a film. It's made into a film yes, as well, wasn't it? It was yes. with slap happy. Uh-huh. Uh, Will Let's Smith. not go there. That's Let's right. Not go there. Um, what are you what worried happened? about? He, what happened during the show? So, he, what are you worried about about Will Smith? He hits comics. You're fine. So, <laughs> I don't want to give him any energy. So, we put in the show, right? And it's subscription time, so I got to hang out, make sure people are, are doing this. So, we're just hanging at the box office. I'm talking with with everyone's working that day, and from the from the, the auditorium, one of the uh, front of house guys, one of the one of the ushers, runs out. And he is doubled over, can't breathe, laughing, <laughs> laughing, cannot compose himself, cannot, can't, he, like, he can't move. He is just doing this <laughs> and can't, and he, he, like, he's finding it hard to breathe. And so we go over and go, buddy, 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 what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? He finally goes, okay, this is what happened. There's a very, very quiet moment in in the play because it's very emotional and there's a lot of pause for drama and, and stuff like that. And through the silence breaks, two voices. The first one going, what did he say? And the second one saying, he says he wants to fuck him. <laughs> I have a story like that too. And again, I didn't witness it, but it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard about an audience. That's okay. fantastic, by the way. <laughs> There's an American play called Sideman. And remember the, the actor Eric? Oh, Eric, somebody. He started in Family of Five. He was one of the brothers on Family of Five. Okay. He started it on Broadway. Eric, I want to say Eric Wolf. Uh, just a second. No. no, that's an actor I know in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf, I think it was the last name was Wolf. Anyway, Tarragon did a beautiful production of it. I believe the first Canadian production of it. And Sideman is about. Oh, is it Matthew? Yeah. Sorry, is it Matthew Fox? No, Scott no, Wolf younger, played played the middle brother. Um, Scott, Scott Wolf. Scott Wolf. There we yeah. go. Scott Wolf. Right. So he's been on Broadway, and then so this is about the Broadway production when Scott Wolf started it. So it was a matinee. Okay. Uh, Twenty years ago, I was dating this guy. His brother lived in Manhattan, and his brother loved going to see matinees. Right. He worked on Wall Street, and he'd go to Saturday matinees all the time. And he went to see Sideman the original Broadway production. Right. And there's this beautiful, the whole premise of the, the piece is that this kid is never connected with his dad. His dad is a trumpet player. He's a side man. He'll never be the guy at the front. He knows his place. He's got a, he's got a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the play, the kid finally kind of respects and understands that his father knows his place and he knows how to serve the song. He knows how to serve the piece. And there's this gorgeous monologue at the end of the play where the kid is making this realization and this acceptance of his father. And then there's this beautiful cutaway to the dad playing trumpet 
as the monologue is ending and the lights are coming down. And this guy, Tom, the brother of my beau at the time, is in this theater. And it's that magical moment where everyone in the audience is going, oh, he gets it, he gets it, he gets his daddy. And everyone's absorbing that and the lights are just starting to fade. And you hear this voice booming out of the theater from the audience saying, he did it for the music. (laughs) 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 It's my favorite story of all the stories of theater. Because I could could just imagine being there and I'd be there going, shit! (laughs) It's my thought! But it's what everyone's thinking. But she was saying that loud. (laughs) He did it for the music. The the only thing missing is like a cigarette yeah. and a tumbler of gin. Like yeah. <laughs> Ladies who lunch lady. He did it for, for the, the music. music. Yeah. Oh my god, it's just, it's just my favorite story. It's so New York. It's so yeah. New York. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Isn't that the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I remember going to see um uh, what was what was her name? The woman that was in Harper Valley PTA. Mm, wow, that's from when we were really small. Uh, Harper Valley PTA. That was um, not Barbara Eden. The, the TV Here show is? was it a TV show? Yeah, Harper Valley PTA. The TV show, not Barbara Eden. Someone was in it. That was I Dream of Jeannie. Oh, no. I don't know if I watched a lot of that show. I remember the show, but I don't remember watching it. Okay. What if it was Rhoda? It was one of my it was one of my mom's favorite shows and one of her uh, uh, Valerie Harper. That's who I was thinking. Valerie Harper. Valerie okay. Harper. Okay. So my mom was it Rhoda? Uh she oh. was in Rhoda. She was she she was Rhoda. And okay. I, I knew it was like one of those shows my mom loved, right? Because we're in New York with my mom. My brother and myself and my and my mom, my mom after she uh, she had her uh, breast cancer scare, she was like, mm. um, "I got to start living life." I've never been to New York, and Todd, you've been to New York. Let's go. Oh, and we're taking your brother. So okay, fine, mm. right. In. And so I said, okay, but we you know we should go to plays. We should go to museums, go to plays. Like we'll we'll, we'll do that. And so she she was really good. We got to see Moon Over Buffalo, starring Carol Burnett. What? My yeah. personal hero? Yes. What? Yes. And by the way, if you've seen Better Call Saul, don't say shit because I'm still behind. So don't I say anything. I haven't. Okay. No. All right. Carol's in it? Carol Burnett? Carol, she's in the – okay, you got to swim through a lot to get to her because she's in like wow. the last season, right? Oh, wow. And near the end. Okay. Uh, so, so I know nothing so. of this. So um, did you see Breaking Bad? Yes. Okay. Watch Better Call Saul. Yes. Yeah. I usually don't do very well with really, really uh, violent stuff, but I couldn't stop watching it. Sure. Uh, Better Call, Better Call Saul is great. You'll love it. It's a lot of Ray Seahorn. Stupid good, stupid good. So, so we got to see, we got to see her. And guess what she did? She came out on stage at the end, and she did the poll. Yeah, mm-hmm. she did the poll. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh my god, we just got to see Carol Burnett. This is very cool, and it was a very broad comedy, you know, as it's going to be for Carol Burnett. And it was funny, you know, mm-hmm. when are you going to see Carol Burnett on stage? Never. So this was great. So the next night, I'm like, okay, that was kind of for mom. And let's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the plays that are on offer at the TKTS booth, right? Yes. And this is yeah. when you, in the days when you had to line up and stuff like that. And there's a collection of short, of, of, uh, short plays that are being performed, one act plays that are being performed all at once. And one of the, the two of them, I, I'm very keen on because one's written by David Mamet and the other one's written by Elaine May. Mm. Right. And so I'm like, how I, I'm I'm looking at it, and she's like, oh, nonsense. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's in, we've done that again, Aqua. That's fine. It's like um, kind of curate it so yeah, your mom's seeing something. Yeah, a little exactly. More. And she's like, oh, is Miss Saigon good? No, no, mom, it's shit. It's really horrible. That's <laughs> like uh, you you're gonna want you're gonna wish the war went the other way. To be quite honest, you're, you're gonna hate this thing. And she's looking over my shoulder, and I'm trying to figure out what's the angle I can give her on this. Yeah to, to to, yeah, to to sell her on it. And she looks over my shoulder and she goes, Valerie Harper's in that play. Let's go to that one. And it was she was in the Elaine May play. Oh, and I'm come like, on. Sold. 
Amazing. So, um, and the seats we got, the uh, so we showed up late because I got, if the first time in the entire trip when we had a deadline, I got my streets and avenues mixed up. Uh, I instead of like going to 45th and 3rd, I went to 3rd and 45th, and it was just it fucked up. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, God damn it, get a cab. So now we get a cab, and so boom, up we go. And so we made it to like five minutes into the Mammoth play. They started that one. It's like, okay, it's fine. It wouldn't have been my mom's cup of tea anyway. I'm catching up on it. It's fine. <laughs> Can't remember the middle one. And then, so they we had the house seats because they just get they throw you into the theater at the break in the first in the in the first act. The ushers come by and go. We'll take you to your proper seats. We go, oh, well, these were kind of nice or kind of center. I was like, no, sir. You will take you to your proper seats. Like, that's fine. Well, our proper seats were front row uh, on the, on the second aisle. Wow. So my mom is being spat on by I Valerie Harper. Harper. Fantastic. I think I spat on someone today. That was good. Yeah. It's yeah. fun, isn't it? Our audience is very close. Uh huh. Um, I have to share some Carol Burnett stuff. So, first of all, went out as Carol Burnett, scrub lady, twice for Halloween. Mm -hmm. My happiest memory of my mother, my happiest mother-daughter moment in childhood was Sunday nights mm -hmm. when Carol Burnett was on. My little sister was already in bed. We shared a bed. Mm -hmm. and my mother would come in and my mother did have a cigarette. And I said, it's on, Miss Trace. It's on. <laughs> and it was our secret to mm -hmm. watch Carol Burnett together, often with my older sister. And... That shaped everything. I mean, she shaped everything for me. I didn't even know she was doing parodies of Sunset Boulevard. And, you know, when I finally saw those films and thought how brilliant she was, because they didn't know it was parody, <laughs> but right, right, I right. loved her physical comedy. And so, you know, I, I used to write her fan mail as a child and I kept getting sent the same black and white glossy photo of her doing the, you know, the, the nanny ear thing. I read her autobiography when I was a teenager or a young adult. Um, and I don't know if you remember, she came to Toronto several times with the show. It was just kind of what she did at the top of the show. It was just her talking to the audience, answering questions with a whole bunch of great clips. And I went twice with my older sister. And the first time we went, I was about to leave to go to the show. And my sister texted me and she said, are you going to write a letter to Carol for backstage? Are you going to take, and I, and I said, no, no. <laughs> But I'd written her so many times. And then I thought, wait a minute. Yes, I am. Why yes. would I not do that? I did it all through my childhood. So I wrote her this little card and just, you know, told her I used to go out for her as Halloween and told her I used to write her fan mail and how much I loved her show and how much she affected me as a comedian and a comic actress and a voice actress. And of course, forgot all about it, but I took it to the stage door. And I think it was at the L the Winter Garden, yep. Winter Garden Theater, the first time we saw it. And um Sure enough, about six weeks later, I'm grabbing my mail and I'm hopping in a cab and there's this five by seven envelope and she's sent a picture of her, a more current photo. And, and I was just like, oh my God, like, no letter, just the photo. But I, I framed it. I had it up on my, my shelf for years and years. Anyway, I just was so proud, that, so happy that my sister said to me, like, why not? Like, why not? Like yeah. she said, that if you were on a plane going home from a show, wouldn't you want to have some mail? Like, wouldn't mm -hmm. that make you feel good? And I said, yes, it would. Like, right. <laughs> this is so, I was just so happy. She said that because I felt like I was seven years old again. Like mm -hmm. I just loved, I just loved getting anything from her, even if it was just from her assistant, you know, like, right. I just don't care. It's just so she's, she's been such a huge influence on me right. and uh, especially physical comedy, like yeah. hugely influenced by her. Uh -huh. So anyway, that's my Carol story. Oh, that's gorgeous. Uh, we were so obsessed with Rhoda, all the spinoff shows, all, all those, that whole, mm -hmm. I feel very lucky when I grew up because there were so many great shows and so many hilarious right. the, supporting characters who became the stars like Valerie yeah. Harper. And, we, yeah. uh, our family thing was anything with Harvey Corman and Tim Conway in it. So like yeah. their variety show was always just like, well, they were part of the Carol Burnett crew. Yeah. And so yeah. Tim Conway's only job was to make them corpse. Yeah. And, and he was a brilliant improviser. Every single and day. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the clip where that when, you know, the Eunice, the Eunice character mm -hmm. before she had, before they had the actual spinoff show. Right. Um, it was the episode, I think, where they're playing Sorry. Oh, no, that's a different episode. But that's my favorite one is when they're playing Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. They're having a fight playing Sorry. But there was there's this clip where Tim Conway's playing this, you know, like yeah. that kind of character. And he's telling a story about an elephant and he's making all these funny sounds. 
And I think Vicky Lawrence, like the, it, they didn't air it, but I think she called him a little shit or a little mm-hmm. asshole or something like that. <laughs> she's in character. She's like, are you finished? You little asshole. That little asshole finished. And then they all cracked up. Like you, you can see them all crying. They were trying so hard not to laugh. Just like you were describing that Usher mm-hmm. coming out. That's how my mom laughed as well. She did the silent, like. Yeah. Um, I got to, I, I was, I was privileged to be able to take my dad to, I think it was Casino Rama to go see Tim Conway. Oh, perform. wow. Really? And yes. And he did a few sketches. Um, there was a, uh, he, uh, a, a Christian comic opened the show. Oh. Um, very clean. Ooh. Not at all funny. And then it was funny for old people. The, the cotton tops loved it. Yeah. Uh, wholesome. yeah, like a cruise, kind of wholesome. Like a cruise. Yeah. Uh, and, and and instead of Harvey Corman, it was another character actor. But like you know the and the acting was the, for, on his part was just like he had to lose a tooth in the dentist chair, so he literally just reached into his pocket and went, ah, I lost a tooth. Like there was no prop work or anything like that. Um, but it was fun. Like you got to see Tim Conway shuffle off of around a stage, or whatever. Yes. Um, I was thinking about your your Carol Burnett uh, side uh, stage door story. I got to see George Carlin like Ugh. months before he died. Like, like it, it was at Roy Thompson Hall. And I'm with a whole bunch of friends of mine who are also comics. And this was on our bucket list. And we're like, okay, cool. We, we, we saw George Carlin. And we are just invigorated. Like, we're just, oh, my God, that was so great. And this guy is so old. And, like, look, he's still doing the thing. And he's still poignant. And he's – little did I know what he was saying then is today. Um, oh, yeah. right? like yeah. He's just so sentient, right? Yeah. Uh, behind us was uh, some guys putting on their coats, you know, some older people, uh, older than us, and went, well, that was just an old man ranting. And I just felt like turning around going, what the fuck did you think it was going to be? Like, that? yeah, come on. So uh, one, of, uh, one of the guys went, hey, we got to go to the stage door. We got to meet him. I was like, oh, shit, we do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So it's like, how many times in your life would you be in that situation? We book it out, and there's like six of us, just six of us, right? That all bought tickets. We're all like, we're the only ones. Like, how is this possible? Like, we're the only ones. This is going to be so cool. It's like, and we're like, everyone's going. It's like, you know, what if if you had your question? What's your question? Everyone's thinking about it. It's like, you know, we'll get pictures, whatever. And uh, uh, suddenly, a door opens. And uh, security guard, yeah, he left twenty minutes ago. It's like I'm out the door. Oh <laughs> yeah. no! Yeah. yeah. Oh no! Have you seen the documentary series? I think it's on HBO. Have yeah, it's you? on Crave. So I gotta, I gotta get Crave to get that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I couldn't stop watching it. No. it. It's so well done. It's so well done. I have. So we finally got a. Uh, we've only been here for like two and a half years now. We finally got a shelf that we can put our dvds and blu-rays on right hmm. yes because we're that that's old, cute isn't it <laughs> um, I don't have a single DVD. well here's right. the thing here's the thing here's the thing okay uh, everyone shits on that they say okay oh you got dvds and blu-rays yeah what happens when netflix gets tired of it i know i i regret getting rid mm-hmm. of my dvds i yeah. really do yeah and my dvd player yeah when i, I, I play dvds yeah. when <laughs> i want to watch pacific rim i'm gonna watch pacific rim you know what I miss? I miss the special features. I yes! miss them so much. Yes. That was my favorite part of date night at home was the special features and the bloopers and yes. all that stuff. Like I just I was obsessed with that stuff. Mm-hmm. The, oh, I just loved it. The, I miss it. The best one I have ever seen is in the documentary Jerry Seinfeld comedian where Ooh. he, where he throws out all of his material, uh, and um, it, it, it's the material up to and including, um, I'm telling you for the last time, that that special of his. So he has thrown out, the premise of this documentary is that he has thrown out all of his material and he's starting from scratch. So you, yes. get, so you yes. get to see Jerry Seinfeld j- fuck up. Like he's just. I remember that. It was right. really good. It's it fa- really like, I watch it about every two years. I yeah. watch about every two years just to go, oh yeah, no, that's cool. Everyone screws up. Yeah, but the other thing it does is it puts Orny Adams in in into play, and Orny Adams was edited. It, he has since talked about it. I just listened to him recently on Mark Maron. And if you watch comedian with Orny Adams in it, and then you listen to Orny Adams talk with Mark Maron, hmm. you 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 get a completely different sense of who Orny Adams is, what he was about. He was he was edited to make to made be look the fool like, oh, it, no. and, and I had that sense 
watching it anyway, but like that was it. So the color commentary on it, like the director's commentary is actually the best one I've ever had. It's Colin Quinn and Jerry Seinfeld talking throughout the movie. And they constantly make fun of Jerry's bad jokes that don't work. They constantly make fun of Orny Adams, which is also awesome. like it's wonderful. It is just it's 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 what it's MST3K with the stars of the movie. Wow. <laughs> you know, I I forgot about director commentary. Mm-hmm. I, that's how long it's been since right. I've watched the DVD. Right, but the yeah. the point I was making is like uh, somewhere up there, I have I believe every single. George Carlin special. Like they had him in a box and he may have done one afterwards. I'll have to go and get that, but I'm pretty sure it's a, it's the complete collection of all the specials. I can't wait to talk to you after you've seen the documentary. Oh, I can't. Uh, Yeah. It's the amount of material he recorded, the audio recordings. Mm -hmm. Holy moly. Like just the, yeah, it's really something. It's really, 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 we, we, uh, we, we just got to, and, and here's the other thing that, that it does too, is, um, it really puts it, it sort of ignites you into watching specials again. I find mm. Not just his, but like, oh, let's watch more stand up comedy and, and do that. Not that I like. It's like, um, what is, what, do you remember the last stand up special that you watched? Yeah, I think it was the Norm MacDonald one. Yeah. Oh, the, the, yeah. uh, that should be called, I'm telling you for the last time. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of that one? That was. In a living room by himself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I met him years ago. I was married to a comic many, many years ago yes. in his former mm-hmm. life. And uh, and I remember going to shows where he would just bomb, but he mm-hmm. loved bombing. Like he, I remember just marveling at his complete abandon. Like yeah. he didn't care if people hated his jokes. He just fully committed to the story or the joke or the detail. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and he was so shy and so unassuming and just like, I remember him getting rides from my ex-husband and mm-hmm. just being in the car with him. And he was so shy and so quiet and humble. And then seeing him on stage, this kind of that kind of nervous smile. Yeah, yeah. Kind of so, so appealing. And so mm-hmm. like, it was just such a, I don't know. It was, he was, I just said he was brilliant. And I, so when he started to really get big, I just, I had, I remember thinking, I'm not at all surprised because he's right. just so Canadian. Yes. <laughs> he's, so, he's so humble and he was so funny. Um, yeah, I think that's the last one I watched actually. Yeah. The, the, I, I had a uh, very young in my career, like just starting out in comedy. I got the opportunity to play poker with him. I was horrible. Um, and there was a time, it's like there, it was when, when he came to town, everyone was like, Oh my God, Norm's coming. Like we're all going. Right. So we would run down to the club and to the point where we knew his jokes and like, we're, we're like, okay, this one's hitting. This one's good. This one's really nice. And then there was a night where we watch him and he's leading into this joke and it's a callback to a previous joke, but he hadn't done the previous joke as the lead in. And like, he starts rolling into this and we all go, uh oh, oh no. It's like, it's like, what is it? He, he, did, he didn't do the lead in. He didn't do the lead in. He didn't do the lead. No, he didn't. Right. So he gets and he land and this, we're all waiting to see like what happens because it's going to be brutal. And so he lands the joke and literally this is the punchline. And then I said, cucumber. Nothing. Like, cl- like you could hear the air conditioning kick in. And so yeah. he just, he looked at the crowd and went, why do you say cucumber? I don't know. And then went on to the next joke. <laughs> just like. <laughs> That's how it feels on a two show day. Right. When you're when you're doing the scene for the second time, mm-hmm. and in the middle of the scene, or when you've come off the scene and you're backstage, you go, "Have we already? Have right. I already done this?" Yes. <laughs> yes. And yes. your brain, your brain, and your body are going, what, what? And then if you think about it too much, then it gets really scary. Yes. Yes. And then yes. after, then you have to kind of go, "Oh, here's the backstage. Uh-huh. Okay, there's my yearbook. There's my fork. I mean, you're trying to like, right? What have I done so far? Oh, I'm not doing the yoga mat yet. Uh-huh. I still have to do cell phone to right. slim. Okay, like, like, it's like, but yeah, that's kind of like. Because comics would often do, well, I'm sure you uh-huh. have. You've done a couple sets a night or you do a couple locations a night or you do. Uh, I got one for you. That's not straight. At the, <laughs> at the Ottawa Club here where I live, at the Ottawa Club, um, they have an upstairs and downstairs. And when they have a sold out show, they'll fill up the second one at the same time. So you will start, depending upon where you are in the show, 
you'll start in one and close in the other. So if you're hosting upstairs, you close it downstairs and vice versa. If you're, if you're, uh, closing the show upstairs, you're opening the show downstairs. And so you go up. So that transition time in between the two, I am just sitting there going, clean the slate, clean the slate, okay. clean the slate. Okay. Everything yeah. you do. Yeah. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. But. And it happened once. I was just like, I've done this one, right? Okay, let's continue. Like, and they're cool with it. They're just like, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do, right? <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. And and when you have a feeble brain like mine, well, the, this is the thing I forgot about live theater is time changes. Mm-hmm. Like it just changes, and especially when something goes wrong, or, or you realize, oh, I jumped a line, or oh, I didn't let her finish that line. And if you think about it, it all falls down. Right. But if you just keep going, and if you just look at your partner, you're fine. Right? Yes. You, first rule yes. of improv, it's about them, it's not about you, so stay on your partner. Right. And it took me a handful of shows to remember that because I was out of my body for the first couple of shows because I was on stage again and people were watching and phones were going off and lights <laughs> were hot and, and I was sweating and I was like... It's like, oh my God, I haven't done this for four and a half years. And if you think about it, then you're no longer in the moment right. and everything starts falling down and you feel like you're you know, free falling. But yeah, it's humbling because it, it, it does have this, there's a, there's a visceral feeling of time having a different quality. It's just, it's just undeniable and it's magical, but it's also when the real world comes in to interrupt it, then it all kind of falls down. Mm-hmm. Like when, Someone's phone goes off, or right. or you know, or even if it's someone laughing in a place that you've never heard laughing before, and you, it's only happened once so far where I thought, oh god, I'm going to start laughing because the way this man is giggling at everything I do physically in this one very funny scene I get to do, he was giggling like a little girl, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh no, oh no, <laughs> but I but I just thought, no, just get more serious. I'm having like a I'm chanting in this one scene. I'm chanting. I'm seeing images, and mm-hmm. they're coming through me and. Um, and it's, I forgot how delicious that was, mm-hmm. that fight to stay in the characters, mm-hmm. make it more serious. Like, and I'm hurting my hands. I'm trying to like, like yep. physically yep. stay like, <laughs> mm-hmm. don't, don't corpse, don't laugh. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, they're supposed to laugh, not you, Yes. but yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's been so much fun, but it's also been, who it's humbling. How well, rusty you get, you it know, it must be exhausting too. Cause you've done it in two different towns. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Port Corbin now, what was it before? It was... Uh, Port Dover. Port Dover. Very different towns. Port Dover is a really pretty little touristy town. And Port Colburn's a shithole. I get it. That's right. Yes. Oh, it's, it's very different. It's very... It's, there's some beautiful parts of it. There's the canal and there's this yep. lovely little street, West Street. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but very different crowds, very different demographics, very different um, feeling in the place. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the places I stayed in were completely different. Uh I, so it's been a really interesting summer. It's been a, it's been strange. In Wait, some ways, it feels like I've been in a movie. Like it just feels like whose mm-hmm. life is this? Like it's just. I used to do this as a very young actor. I used to tour and do regional theater. And uh, I remember when I got the offer to do the show in December, and I mentioned to Rob, my husband, it's a two month contract. And I his whole body kind of went two months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been insufferable for the entire pandemic, right? And, and I was saying. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. see, <laughs> and, then, and uh, then I find myself like four weeks in going, I'm so homesick. I miss my dog. See, I miss through, my the, pillow. Through, the, through the pandemic, there's two ways that goes. Oh, it's yes. Like, I it's know. like two months. Oh, my God. You got to be kidding. No. And it's like, you know, two months. I'll help you pack. <laughs> what did you say? I said, I'll help you pack. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually been. It's actually been good. It's been a it's been a good reminder of how much I have at home and mm-hmm. how. But I have to be honest. It's been a nice having. It's been very nice having a break from auditioning and Beauty. the hustle of that and the last minute aspect of that. I've only had one voice audition the entire time I've been away. I have another one to do tomorrow, um, and that's been kind of nice to have a break from that because I haven't been available. It's, right. it's it's been a long time since I haven't been available. So yes. that's that's been kind of lovely. So sweet. Um, Speaking of which, I, I'm not available much longer. Okay. Because <laughs> get this, I have a date with our assistant stage manager, Lorelai, because we're going not only to Nickel Beach, the beautiful beach here in Port Colburn, mm-hmm. gorgeous beach, but we're going to the first Dairy Queen in Canada. Oh, wow. The very first one, a little tiny original building, and it's right yeah. around the corner just across the bridge here. Okay. Um, and I'm very intrigued because I can't... 
you know, I, I haven't had dairy for 25 years, but they have a coconut ice cream dilly bar. Do you remember dilly yes. bar? Yes. Oh yeah. A little yes. circular mm-hmm. chocolate covered bar. And the, it's just like the, the chocolate dip ice cream, like the chocolate kind of gets stuck on the roof of your mouth. It's mm-hmm. kind of waxy. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like that. But I found it in Port Dover that they had this product and I'm hoping beyond hope they have it here as well. Awesome. Because we're going to get, we're going to get a treat at Dairy Queen and then we're going to go to the beach, which I think is only open until eight o'clock. That's fine. Because it's our last chance to really hang out at the beach before right. we go home on Sunday. And you're, and you're done. Sh- you, you have no more shows today. You're done, right? Finished for today. Okay. Yes. Good. Okay. So I'll be prepping for this voice audition later tonight, which I'll do tomorrow. Nice. We have a show tomorrow night and then we've got a matinee okay. Sunday. And then... One of my dearest friends is coming with my husband. He'll come and see the show for the second time and they'll take me home and I'll get to be back at home. So it's awesome. Yeah. So you catch me right at the tail end of it. All right. Let's, uh, let's, Todd, take us home. Okay. Let's close this off. We'll take the picture. We'll do the intro and then you're gone. Okay. Okay. Uh, Where do, where do people find you online, Tracy? Let's do this. They'll find me at tracyhoyt.com on Twitter, Tracy Hoyt actor, Tracy Hoyt coach, Instagram, Tracy Hoyt VO. Tracy underscore Hoyt. Yes. Yes. Okay. Like man, yada, yada. Your ice cream is melting. Tracy Hoyt. Jesus Christ. Just look it up. Okay. Darcy, where are you? What's yours? Monty and Darcy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow this very podcast at CATP Podcast. It's right, folks. Happy. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Make sure you look at the TikTok as well. You can follow me uh, personally at Hayes. Oh, fuck. I got this other thing. Uh, Find CATP Podcast report him because now he's just sitting on it on that and that's on tiktok so like we have to do comedy about the pub like we're hoping that he'll right follow me personally at hayes tva you can uh, write him up show no idea um uh all my dates are coming up i have live ones in the ottawa area you can go to hayes tva.com slash calendar uh join the patreon three bucks a month and you get to see all bonus content and full video of this you're going to want to because that's a goddamn nice map behind tracy okay ladies and gentlemen on behalf <laughs> of darcy the no longer erstwhile tracy good to see you back again Again, my friend and myself, when you listen to Cappy, you're in for a good time. Jimmy and Bobby, you are always the podcasts. Lately, lately, I find I rush. Can't piece together the sun in the sky or the spots on my face. And I must be stuck, my feet already are. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two? Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three-hour-long story, like a movie for your ears. So you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So join us on a real play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast, fantasy action, mystery, 